Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead, take a seat. Grab your Bibles. If you need a Bible, Nikolai will give one to you. Uh, they're over here. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, and uh, Nikolai will serve you in that way. All right, welcome back to our regular Wednesday nights. Was that fun so far? Come on. We're back. I'm excited to be back with you for the fall. Uh, The summer is officially over, which is really sad. And uh, many of you already started school, right? Who who started school already? All right, back to school. Many of you are back to school. Um, I I used to like going back to school because it was kind of exciting and also kind of scary at the same time, but exciting because everything at the beginning of school is new, right? Like when I started school, I used to get new clothes, back to school clothes, so I would rock those on the first day. I used to get new school supplies, my binder, uh, which the inches just kept getting bigger and bigger, uh, and I got new pens and everything, because I liked school, it was exciting. Uh, Also fun to meet new teachers and new classmates, but that can get a little scary, right? Who's, Who's... Uh, meeting new classmates and new teachers right now. All right. Just a few of you. Okay. Who's in public school? Who's homeschooled? Okay. Okay. I was, uh, I was public schooled. So, uh, that's me. Uh, my parents would, uh, you know, drop me off and I would just get so excited and meeting new teachers, Uh, meeting the classmates was the scary part, right? Because Uh, You had to introduce yourself, and sometimes, most of the time, the teacher would make you stand up in front of the whole class and introduce yourself. Who are you? Where do you come from? What's your favorite hobby? And I would say things like, you know, my name is Terrell. I'm 12. Uh, My favorite hobby is jumping on the trampoline and wrestling. And uh, I have uh, one sister who was born on Christmas and ruined my life, you know. Just the most important stuff, right? You, you introduce the most important stuff about yourself. Uh, but that was kind of scary. And you would do this over and over again. For me, I was in public school, so I had six teachers every single year. Uh, and I was always hoping, please, be the nice teachers and not the mean teachers, right? And the first day, you knew if your teacher was nice or mean. Uh, homeschoolers are saying amen, right? Homeschoolers, you only have nice teachers, right? Okay. They might be watching this, so just nod your head. Yes, my teacher's, my teacher's nice. Okay, well, tonight, we will be introduced to someone way cooler than your stinky classmates that you meet at school, okay? Uh, tonight, we will be introduced to Jesus as we begin our study in the gospel according to John. So go ahead, take out your Bibles. You can turn to John. Over the course of this fall semester, we'll walk through this book and we're not necessarily gonna go in depth on each verse, but we'll look at the main themes and the main events in the gospel of John. But before we dive into our passage tonight, let me give you some background on this really amazing book. This is one of the four Gospels in the Bible, right? Who can name all four Gospels? Uh, Jesse, go ahead. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Give it up for Jesse. Wow. 
You are, that's why you did the Proverbs challenge. You're just so smart. Okay, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four books referred to as Gospels. And basically what this means is that it goes over and describes the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and we're in John for this semester. Uh, and the reason why we're studying the gospel according to John is one, because it's in the Bible and it's important to read all that's in there and to study it. Uh, number two, it's my favorite gospel out of the four and I get to pick what we preach on. So we're going to go through the gospel of John. And number three, because it is so unique and different than the other three gospels. And we'll see that as we go on and study it further. This gospel was written last. And so it's as if John had these other three gospels, keeping those in mind and chooses to write in a different way with a different perspective. It's really cool. It takes a different approach. We don't see the genealogies like we do in Matthew or, or Mark and Luke. Uh, we're already, they were already written. So rather, John decides to take a different approach. And two-thirds of this book, get this, two-thirds of this book covers the last week of Jesus' life and ministry, which is really interesting and unique. And I just love John's perspective. So the last piece of background information we're going to cover is the purpose of the gospel of John. And John specifically gives us his purpose in John chapter 20. So you can turn there. John chapter 20. In verse 31. John 20, verse 31, you're saying, why are we studying this? What, what does John want to communicate? What's the purpose of this book? And really, I would say the whole uh, Bible itself. John 20, verse 31, says this, But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The purpose of this book is to know and to believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the son of God, and that the only way to have eternal life is through him, by believing in him. That is the purpose of the book of John. We'll go over this verse and this purpose every single time we go through this book and we study uh, the verses, okay? John twenty thirty one is the purpose. Um, John writes this book so that you may know and believe that Jesus is the Christ. And so the theme of this book is of John is to know and to believe. You can write that on your paper. To know and to believe. Okay, now that we have some background, let's turn to John chapter 1 as we look at the first 18 verses of this book. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 18. And we're going to read it together. I'm going to read it, and you're going to read silently. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. 
In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness, we have all received and grace Upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. This is a very living, breathing, active word of God. So let's pray as we begin to study it. Father, we're so thankful that we get to gather each week and study your word that reveals who you are and shows us and reveals to us who we are before a holy, righteous, and perfect God. Lord, help us now to focus, uh, to set our hearts on your word and to be able to take the truths that we learn from your word and to apply it to our hearts and to our lives as we seek to glorify you in all things. We are so thankful for your word and the freedom to study it. We don't have to live in fear of studying your word or proclaiming these truths in this country, which we're so thankful for. So Lord, help us now to focus in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, tonight in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, we're going to see three identity factors of Jesus Christ that will help us to understand the person of our faith. So number one, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Now, if you know anything about me, at all, you know that, number one, my sister is terrible. Okay, I know that's what you're thinking. I'm not going to say that. Uh, You know that my favorite superhero is Iron Man. I know. I love Iron Man. And my favorite superhero movie is Iron Man 1 because it's just the best. How many of you like Iron Man? Okay, a few of you are my favorites. Iron Man is OP, right, Nick? He is uh, what the gamers like to call overpowered. He is too cool. He's the best. 
I love Iron Man, okay? The reason why I love Iron Man 1, the movie, is because it gives us insight to who Iron Man is, Tony Stark, before he became Iron Man, and how he became Iron Man, right? It's a pretty cool story. It's a cool movie. Uh, And if your parents let you watch it, then you should. Uh, It's cool. But it's an origin story. We get to see how Tony Stark becomes Iron Man. And people love these origin stories. Well, there is one hero who is not fake like Iron Man, unfortunately. You learn that in high school that all these superheroes in these movies are not real. And uh, the reason why all the Iron Mans at Disneyland look different each time is because they're, they're fake and uh, they're actors. But there is a hero who is real and who has... <laughs> Spider-Man is uh, second best because Tony Stark gave him all the cool gear. Um, there is a hero that is real and that has the greatest origin story ever. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, guys. You know where I'm trying to get here, okay? His name is Jesus. He is real and he has the greatest origin story, if you could even call it that, because as we'll see, he has no beginning. He is eternal. Again, the way that John begins this book is so unique and so different from the others, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew and Luke begin with the birth of Christ, and John takes a different approach. So let's read again verses 1 through 2. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Does this sound familiar? Does the intro of this book sound familiar in the beginning? Where else do you see this? Genesis, Genesis right? Genesis 1-1. Reread, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we know that here in John 1, verse 1, when it says in the beginning, it is referring to the beginning of creation before the universe even existed. In the beginning was what? The word. What or who is the word? Thank you. To put it simply, for the sake of time, Uh, and you have to look up here, okay? Look up and put your thinking caps on because I'm going to say some big words. And I actually believe that you are smart enough to understand this, okay? I don't think that you're dumb, okay? So listen up and pay attention, extra focus, all right? Our Bibles today are English translations of the original Bible. You know this, right? The original language of the New Testament is... Greek, okay? You're, you're, you're getting there, okay? You, you're, you got one of the languages, okay? It's Greek. So this was originally in Greek. And the actual Greek translation, listen, focus, the Greek translation for the word is logos. Can you say that with me? Logos. Logos. And John here, now, first, in Greek philosophy... 
See, these are big words, right? They're big words and you have to focus. In Greek philosophy, big, big concepts, Karsten, um, the term logos was used to sum up all of the efforts and ideas of the power and purpose of human life. So these philosophers are trying to figure out the purpose and power behind human existence. And so that's the word logos. But John here says that Jesus is logos. So Jesus is the word. Jesus is the power and the purpose behind human existence. Do you understand? Jesus is the word. He is the power and the purpose behind human existence. If you were to say this back then, it would be the craziest thing. John is saying here that Jesus wasn't just born 2,000 years ago on Christmas Day. No, Jesus existed before creation. Jesus has always existed. He is eternal. Jesus, the word, was in the beginning. So what does John 1.1 say next? In the word, Jesus was with God. Jesus was with God. Okay, so Jesus is with God before the universe was created. Cool, maybe Jesus is just hanging there, right? And he's with God and he's watching God uh, do his thing as he creates the entire universe. Is that what he's saying? Jesus was with God. Read on. And the word was God. Wait, because this changes everything, right? This just told us that Jesus, the word, is God. But before it said that Jesus was with God, how can he be with God and God himself? Does that make sense? Friends, this is what we know and call the Trinity, right? This is referring to the Trinity, that there is only one God. We know this, right? There is only one God, but that God is three persons. The Father, the Son, who is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. They are one, but they each have unique and specific roles. These are big concepts. So answer me. Is the Father God? Is the Father God? Yes. Is the Son, Jesus, God? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit God? Yes. So we know that they are all God. Now, it gets tricky here. Let me ask you. Is the Father the same as the Son? No. Is the Son the same as the Spirit? No. Is the Spirit the same as the Father? No. They are unique and different persons, but they are one God. And it's weird, and it's difficult for us to understand because we are finite beings, and we are studying an infinite God, right? He is beyond our understanding, but we know that God is one in three persons, and so Jesus is both God, and he is the second person of the Trinity, okay? Big concepts. Okay, if you understand anything tonight, 
Understand this. Listen. Jesus Christ is God. Write that on the top of your papers. Tell it to everybody you know. Jesus Christ is God. This is the most important truth. This is the foundation of the Christian faith. This is what separates true Christians from everyone else is the belief that Jesus is God. This is why we have spent the majority of our time here because it is the most important. Listen, students. There are people, Christians, outside of the United States who are being killed for proclaiming and believing in this truth that Jesus is God. Not all Christians are living in the United States where you can freely express your faith and proclaim this truth. This is important and people are willing to die for this truth that Jesus is God. The only God and the one who can give eternal life, it can only be found through Jesus. So Jesus Christ is God. Okay, we have a few more hours to get through these next points. I'm just kidding. Uh, we got to go quick. So number two, Jesus is creator. Jesus is creator. Now, now that we understand that Jesus is God, that he existed before creation, that he was there, he is eternal, then it is easier for us to understand that Jesus is also creator, right? Let's read verses three through five. It says, all things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being that he has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Simply put, Jesus created everything in this universe. He created every star. He created every speck of dust. He created every hair on your head. Jesus is the creator. There are things in the ocean which we have not yet even discover, discovered. There are mountains that are too hard and too high to climb. There are planets that we have not yet even explored. And Jesus Christ created it all. Jesus is the creator. Colossians chapter 1 verses 16 through 17 says, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Hebrews 1 verse 2 says, In these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he, Jesus, made the world. Jesus is the creator, okay? You go to the Grand Canyon and you stand at the edge of the Grand Canyon and you'll realize that you are much smaller than you think 
compared to the God, Jesus, who created the Grand Canyon and who created this entire universe. Now, before we move on to point three, we get a sudden change in John's writing because we, we stop talking about Jesus for a moment and we talk about somebody different. Let's read verses six through eight. There came a man, verse six, sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. We'll learn more about John later. So all I'll say about John the Baptist is not John the author here. John the Baptist was proclaiming and testifying the truths that we learned right now already. That Jesus is God. He was testifying that before anybody knew. He was the light. God was the light and he was testifying about that. But just because uh, I can't help myself, turn to Malachi chapter 3. It's in the Old Testament, the last book of the Old Testament, the the one before Matthew, Malachi chapter 3. And let's look at verse 1 because we see a fascinating foreshadow to both Jesus and John the Baptist. Malachi chapter 3 verse 1, it says, Behold, I am going to send my messenger. Who's his messenger? John the Baptist. And he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant, which is Jesus, in him you, in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, says Yahweh. So this is in the Old Testament, guys. This is foreshadowing John the Baptist testifying and proclaiming that Jesus is coming and he's making the way and being a forerunner for Jesus, which is pretty cool. So that's John the Baptist. Now, lastly, our last point about Jesus. Number three, Jesus is man. Jesus is man. Let's see this in our remaining verses for today. Verses 9 through 18. Let's read it. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him to them He gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Here it is in verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
John testified about him and cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness, we have all received and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the father. He has explained him. Jesus becomes man. He takes on flesh. Reading verse 14 again, it says, And the word became flesh. Jesus, who we just learned, is fully God. Jesus, who we just learned, is the creator of the universe. Becomes a man. 1 John 1 verse 1 says, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Second Peter 1 verse 16 says, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. The infinite God becomes a finite man. Why? That's the question. Why would God do this? 1 Timothy 1 verse 15 tells us, It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Jesus, fully God, the creator of the universe, became man to save lost sinners. Because the God of the universe, the creator of all things, needed to be made flesh, needed to be made like us, so that he could eventually be hung on the cross, suffer and die for our sins. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. That's why he became man. And he rose again three days later to defeat death forever, to bring you new life, to prove that he was God as if he had anything to prove, as if he needed to prove that. He did all those things so that you might be saved through faith in him. And by repenting of your sins. This is the theme of John. And this is the more, most important thing for our lives. That we may know and believe that Jesus Christ is God. He is the son of man. And by believing in him, we may have eternal life. Heaven, not hell. That's the introduction to John. That's introducing Jesus. I pray that you will come to know him and that you will surrender your life to Jesus, who is God, Jesus, who is creator and Jesus, who became man for your sake. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for these truths that we 
have just read and studied. And uh, we know that if we grew up in the church, we've heard these things a million times. But Lord, I pray that you would not allow these things to become numb to us, that they would not become boring to us, but that we would realize the amazing grace that you have given us and shown us through your son, Jesus. We know that he's not just some guy who came to earth 2,000 years ago. We know that he is actually God, the creator of the universe. He is holy. He is perfect. And yet he made himself sin so that we might know you and have eternal life. Lord, lead us to repentance and help us to know your son through your word. Help us now as we transition into small groups that we might focus and apply these truths to our lives so that we can become more like you and glorify you through all things. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.